What's going on, everybody? This is Black Myth Sundays. I'm your host, Corey Sylvester Murray. This is a show about generational wealth, about finance, about wealth in general. But before we introduce today's guest, my man, Eric, who do you have for our Black Men Sunday Spotlight? Well, today I'm doing a little something a little different. I'm just trying to throw a little inspirational spotlight. This is what I want to talk about. So you need to tell me that someone down your in this accessory line survived being chained to human bodies for several months in the bottom of a disease-infested ship during the middle of passage, lost their language, customs, and traditions, picked up the English language as best they could, by working free of charge from sun up to sundown, as they watched babies sold from out of the arms of women raped by ruthless slave owners, took names with no names, no birth certificates, no heirs of any kind, braved the Underground Railroad, survived the Civil War to enter the sharecropping. We learned to read and write out sheer will and determination faced by burned crosses of the KKK in the black by eyes and our black bodies swinging from ropes hung on trees. We followed civil wars. We, uh, as soldiers only to return to America as boys in world wars, we marched in Birmingham, we got holes in Selma, jailed in Wilmington, assassinated in Memphis, segregated in the South, ghettoed in the North, ignored in history books, and stereotyped in Hollywood. And in spite of all of that, someone in your family line endured every era to make sure you would get here. But you receive one rejection. If you receive one phase of obstacle or lose one friend or go to a look and you want to quit, how dare you entertain the very thought of quitting? People will even know, people you will never know survive from generation to generation so that you could succeed. So don't you dare let them down. It's not an idea to quit. That's my inspirational spotlight for today. All right. Thank you, Eric, for that Black History Spotlight. And again, we do this every Sunday. I know Black History Month is over, but with our Black Men Sundays, we do this every Sunday. So without further ado, let's go ahead and introduce our guests. I want to welcome Robert Brown, the Black Men Sundays. This brother's the current Simon News Manager at WKMG. Like I said, manager, not Simon News Editor, Simon News Manager. This brother, before he came to KMG, he had six years experience at WJXT in Jacksonville as a producer. He's a FIU grad, Bachelor of Science in Journalism. This brother invests in stocks. This brother invests in crypto. This brother's a homeowner. Listen, we talking about generational wealth. This brother is the definition of that. And you know what? The spoil, I'm going to tell y'all off for it. This brother not even 35 years old yet. Y'all going to get some anointing from this brother today. Y'all going to get some nourishment. But before we get into all that, Robert Brown, welcome to Black Men Sundays, brother. How you doing? Oh, Corey, man, I appreciate that, man. Thank you, thank you for having me on. I'm a huge fan of the show. Eric, man, that was a powerful, powerful message, uh, you know, talking about ancestors and how far we've come and how far we still have to go. So- uh, Appreciate it. Thank you for that, my brother. I mean, that that, that's, that was awesome. Uh, I'm a huge fan of the show. Thank you guys for having me here today. I, I've gotten a lot of value on it. Um, I can just give you a quick background about me and who I am. Uh, as Corey mentioned, my name is Robert Brown. Uh, born and raised in Jacksonville, Florida. That's Duval County, the one and only Duval County. Very proud of that. Um, went to school down in Miami, uh, FIU, uh, for four years. Came back, uh, got my first TV job in Jacksonville at WJXT. I uh, did that for about six years before I came here to Orlando with my wife. 
uh, and uh, we, uh, we've been here ever since. Um, I started off as a producer. I worked my way up to assignment manager. Um, so that's currently currently the position I'm in right now. Nice. Yeah, I see that Emmy Award in the background shining, looking good. So let's dive right in, man, because, you know, a lot of brothers want to, you know, we've had brothers on here that are stock experts. We've had financial advisors and you're not that. And that's why I wanted you to be on here. I wanted to have a real person on here that invest. I mean, this brother here, I'm just keeping real with y'all. Like this brother here put me on a Robin Hood back in Back when the pandemic first started, I was sitting here thinking, okay, I have to go to um, I have to go to Chase, I have to go to Raymond James, I have to go in there, get a consultation, pay them. But he said, nah, you can do it yourself and then you can make some money just because they'll give you some free stocks on that. So this brother put me on to that. And that's why I wanted to have this brother on. So let's let's jump right in. Like I said, you're not a you're not an expert, but in my eyes, you're an expert because you make money, you make dividends. So what I want to know from you off top, like when we're talking about stocks and when we're talking about crypto, just for the non-believers, because I still get brothers out here. There's even brothers on this line right now that say, listen, the stock market is just legalized gambling. I don't believe in it. What do you say to that? Yeah, well, first, uh, you know, as you mentioned, I want to mention I'm not a financial advisor. Um, I am not certified. Uh, by any means. So before you, you know, my advice would be before anybody goes out and puts any money, any of your hard-earned money into the stock market, into crypto, um, into any type of investment, do your research. That is so important. Um, you know, we work, we, I know all of us on this call, we work way too hard uh, for our money. So it's very important that you do your research before you put anything uh, into the market. Um, with that being said, you know, what my take on it is um, the reason I got into investing um, was just kind of being forward thinking, right? Looking forward to, you know, for my family retirement and then for my future generations, if God, you know, blesses me with any kids. Currently, uh, me and my wife don't have any kids. So, yeah, so that's my take on it. That's the reason why I got started in it. But uh, I definitely think, you know, with 2020, with the pandemic, uh, happening and everything, um, investing became to the forefront because you had all these people with some excess spending cash uh, and they wanted to put it to use. Um, so that's when you see Robinhood and, and all the other brokerage start popping up. Um, I would definitely say, you know, I think that there definitely is money to be made. Uh, there's several ways you can do it. Um, you know, by starting off, I started off by investing in an ETF. Uh, that's what's called an exchange trade fund. It's basically um, a fund that mirrors the market. Um, and historically, if you ask anybody, you know, who, who studies uh, finance or anything of that nature, they will tell you that historically the market goes up year over year. There are some down years, but for the most part, the market increases. So if you put your money, you know, in a fund or something like that, nine times out of 10, it will increase. Um, but there are tons of ways, you know, tons of ways to invest, whether it's a fund, uh, an individual stock. You know, personally, I do invest in individual stocks. Uh, Corey, you know, me, me and you talk about it a lot of times offline. Uh, but my strategy is kind of, you know, I only invest in companies that I consume or companies that I know well, because uh, I, I think you got to kind of understand the business before you put put your money in, in it. So that's kind of like my overall thought about, you know, investing in stocks um, and things like that. Okay. And just for the brothers that say, listen, I don't believe in stocks. It's just legalized gambling. What's your opinion on that? 
Well, you know, that's that's certainly, you know, one take on it. Uh, I think, you know, it, it really, nobody can predict what's going to happen, right? And I think that's kind of, that is the, the trepidation with it is people want to know exactly how it's going to play out. Uh, nobody knows. Nobody knows when it's going to go up tomorrow or down tomorrow. You have people who try to predict the very bottom. Nobody can do it. Warren Buffett, who's, you know, known as the greatest investor of our generation, even has come out and said, you know, there's no way you can absolutely know where the market is going to go. So in that sense, it is a risk. It is a, it is 100% risk. Um, now, as far as gambling, I do think it's different um, because when it comes to investing, you know, there's a, there's a little bit more of a strategy with it. Um, you can track it. But again, you're not going to know where it's going to go. But historically, historically, the market always rebounds. If you look back to 2008 with the recession that happened then, um, and then, you know, even in years before that, the market has always rebound, rebounded and gone higher. Um, so, you know, my personal opinion is, you know, if you've done your research, uh, if you talk to a financial advisor and you're investing in companies that, you know, you think um, or that you know well, um, I think, you know, I think it, that's a, one possible good strategy when it comes to, you know, putting your money to work for you. Hey, what's up? This is Commissioner Scott. Man, I got a quick question. Welcome to the show, Mr. Brown. Uh, for those new to trading stocks, how will he or she determine if a particular stock paying dividends or not? A lot of people don't really know how to look, look that up. Dividends is a great strategy to have um, when it comes to investing. I personally have just opened an account where I just focus on dividends only stocks that only pay monthly dividends um and the way you can do it is there's a number of ways um you know for somebody who doesn't have a stock account in uh, a brokerage like let's say you're not you don't have an account on Robinhood or you don't have an account on fidelity or td ameritrade or whatever the case may be um you can just go to google but if if you go to google you can just type in the stocks um ticker symbols um and then you can type dividends and then at the top it'll show you um you know, the dividend, how often it pays. Um, so, you know, depending on how many shares you have, you know, that, that can add up quickly. So, yeah, I mean, dividends, myself personally, I love dividend stocks. I've been building up my dividend account um, recently just so I can get some passive income aside from, you know, my regular job. It's a good way to build wealth. And a lot of people who will invest um and are looking for retirement, that's one strategy they use is they'll invest heavily in those dividends to pay them either monthly or quarterly. Um, and they'll use those funds to either invest in more stocks or they'll use those extra money to, to live on. Okay, thanks. Uh, second question. Uh, how do you know if a particular cryptocurrency pays dividends or the equivalent of dividends? That's a great question. Um, I do, I am, I, I will, I'll admit, I dabble in crypto a little bit. Um, Crypto is a, is a lot different from stocks in that it's super volatile. So just like nobody really knows where the stock's going to go, you never really know where crypto is going to go and it moves fast. So for example, I know many of you may have heard of Dogecoin um, back in 2020 and early 2019, um, you know, it, it, it had popped um, because it was this coin. Nobody really knew what it did. A lot of people still don't really know what it does. Um, and it was trading at, you know, pennies, pennies on, it wasn't even, uh, you know, one penny. Um, now I think it's around seven cents, but it goes up and down so often. Um, as far as dividends um, related to crypto, I'll be honest, I'm not very familiar with that. Um, I I don't know any personal uh, cryptocurrencies that pay dividends. Um, I'm not aware if they do, um, uh, but that's definitely something I would say crypto is very, very volatile. 
Um, so for me personally, you know, before I go out and put any any money in it, I, I that is closer to gambling. I would consider that to be closer to gambling rather than stocks. Now that's not to say money can't be made, you know. Money definitely can be made, but it's it's very, very, very risky. All right. So let's talk about dividends for a little bit, you know, because a lot of brothers want to get in the stocks, but with the bear market that we're in right now, a lot of brothers are saying, okay, I bought these stocks at a low price. That average is lower than what I wanted it to be. I don't believe in that stock anymore. I'm selling it. What's your take on that? Well, I think, you know, anytime you invest in anything, my personal strategy is long-term. I'm never investing in something thinking I'm gonna try to jump in and jump out. Um, and that's kind of what you see people doing with the crypto is because they see a quick buck. They're like, oh, let me hop in it. You know, it's one penny. I'm hoping it goes to a dollar. Does it ever get to a dollar? May not ever. Um, but with stocks, you know, you're 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 basically investing in a company. What you're doing is you're buying a part of a company. Um, and that's I think the biggest, the biggest thing that I've learned and I'm still learning um, when it comes to investing. Um, so anytime you, you know, you're purchasing a stock, you're basically buying a part of a company. Um, and so, you know, I'm going to stay in it and I'm, I'm going to buy down. Um, there's actually a strategy called averaging down or lowering your cost basis. And what that is, is let's say you buy into Apple stock at 140 and then it goes and it drops down to 120 or 110. You buy more. So now your average cost of Apple is lower. So the thought is you buy it lower so that when it goes higher, you know, you make more money. You always want to buy low, sell high. Um, so that would be my advice. You know, and again, I'm not a financial advisor. Um, I do this, you know, on my own. I do have friends who work in the financial industry who I get a lot of tips from. Um, actually, and I do have a quick story, Corey, if you don't mind. I, before, um, before I worked in uh, journalism, I actually did work in the financial industry. I worked for Fidelity Investments for about 10 months uh, back in 2011. So I got to learn a lot about, you know, stocks, how they work, the stock market um, and things of that nature. And what I can say is there's just so much, there's so much information out there um, that just, you know, me and I know a lot of the brothers that I grew up with just weren't taught. Um, so that's why I think this is just such a great forum for us to, you know, be able to come together and salute to you, Corey, and everybody who's on this call to be able to talk about stocks um, and building investments or, you know, whatever it is, whether it's real estate um, or building a business like you're doing with Black Men Sundays. I think the, the key of it all is really just investing in, in ourselves um, and, and, you know, acquiring this information that our, um, that our ancestors may not have had, you know, because that really is the key. The more you learn, the more you know, the more that you can do. So, I mean, with that being said, I know I kind of went off on a tangent, but I, I kind of think that, you know, that that's why this is so important for us. Whatever we're doing is just really, you know, doing our research, getting uh, that information and then applying it so that, you know, we can pass it down to our next generation and the generation after that. Okay, so any suggestions for EFC or mutual fund that a beginning consumer or investor uh, should have in their portfolio? They hear the terms mutual funds and EFCs. Did you give a brief description of what EFT is, a mutual fund? What's something that you got in your portfolio, Phil? Share, share with us. So I have three different accounts um, through Fidelity Investments. I have a couple accounts on Robinhood, uh, and then I have my crypto, which I trade on Coinbase. 
Um, so for my Fidelity accounts, those are my main accounts. I have an individual account, which is basically just your regular account that you can go and open. It's 100% free. So for anybody on this call who may not be an investor, you can go to you know Fidelity, TD Ameritrade, uh, Raymond James. Uh, there's tons of, of brokerages out there. Um, and nowadays it's free to completely open an account. So whereas some banks like Bank of America or Wells Fargo will charge you to, you know, open an account or they'll give you like a, a yearly, uh, you know, cost for opening an account. This is completely free. Um, you can manage it like a bank account if you want to. Honestly, you can open up the account. You can have, uh, you know, uh, your paycheck come in there if you want. Um, so what I did was I opened up an individual account, which is just a basic run of the mill account, no charge, no nothing. Um, and I trade my regular stocks out of there. So I have some shares of Apple in there. I got some Disney, um, some Starbucks, some stuff like that. That's, you know, just what I'm looking into. Um, and then uh, I have a dividend account, which is my account where I just focus on adding dividends. I only buy stocks that pay div dividends. Uh, so I have a lot of real uh, REITs. A REIT is a real estate investment trust. So those are companies that pay out every single month. They're required to pay a portion of their profits monthly. So um, I've been investing in a couple of those. And then I have a Roth IRA. That's one of my retirement accounts. Um, I use that account, um, you know, just to add. So with the Roth IRA is great because, um, you know, you're not taxed on it, um, or I should say it's pre-tax. Um, so after, um, with the Roth IRA, the only thing with that is you have a, uh, a maximum contribution. So you're only allowed to put $6,000 in the Roth per year. Um, but it's great. Um, it's great. So when you go to take that money out um, on the back end, um, you know, after retirement, um, you don't have to get hit with all those taxes. Um, now to answer your question, Commissioner, about um, the, the ETF or mutual fund, again, I'm gonna keep repeating this because I'm not a financial advisor. It's so important to do your own, your own research. Um, but I can tell you what the fund that I'm currently in and I can tell you why I chose it. Um, it's called FXAIX. It's basically Fidelity's 500 index fund. It is a fund that tracks the, uh, the 500 um, and the stocks in there. So like if you were to go to it and you look up FXAIX, um, it will tell you the top 10 holdings out of it. So it has about 500 different stocks. So instead of, you know, buying one company like say Apple, this FXAIX has a number of companies. So the top 10 in it are like Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, Tesla. You got Alphabet A, which is Google. And then you have Alphabet C, which is also Google. NVIDIA, Berkshire Hathaway, uh, which is uh, Warren Buffett's company. Meta Platforms, which is Facebook. And then United Health Group. So those are the top 10 holdings. But there's over 500 different holdings in it. Um, and it, it, you know, year over year, it, ha it has results. So you can look, you can look up any of those. How I started was I just, I Googled, you know, what's the best e um, exchange, uh, excuse me, EFT. I think I was saying ETF earlier. Uh, what's the best EFT or mutual fund? Um, and they'll show you like results and each company or each brokerage that you go to, like, let's say you, you decide you want to open up one with like Raymond James or you want to open up one with Vanguard. They'll tell you what their best performing EFTs are, and then you can go from there. So that's a good way to start if you want to, you know, if you want to get a, get a, 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 you know, dip your toes in the stock market and look um, 
to put some of your money to work, that's a good way to start is, you know, you can give one of them a call um, and say, hey, I'm interested in, in, you know, getting into a fund. Let me know which funds you guys have available, which ones perform the best, and they can probably give you a, a good recommendation. Okay, you said that was F-X-A-I-X. Yeah, it's Um, And then what it's called is Fidelity's 500 Index Fund. Perfect, man. I've been trying to get that off you for like the last two months, man. You've been holding on. I had to get you on Black Man Sundays to get that out your brother. Now, again, I'm not, I'm not saying go out and buy this because you never know what's going to happen with it. I'm just giving you my personal perspective on, you know, what I'm doing. We're at the phase where, okay, we're getting, whether we get paid weekly, every two weeks, once a month. I want to talk about how much money should we invest as a black man from your point of view? Like I said, you're not a financial advisor, but your brother, I respect in the game. You know, you moving, you've been moving since I've met you. So just from your point of view, I get paid, like I said, either once a month, every two weeks, how much should I invest in the stock market? Well, that's a great question. Uh, And it it really depends on you, um, your family, in your financial situation, what I would say is um, you definitely want to save, 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 save as much as you can and live below your means. Um, you know, you, you don't ever want to, you, you know, go out there and overextend yourself because emergencies come up, life comes up. Uh, you know, you might have, you know, a car issue, health emergency, something around the house, whatever the case may be. Um, so I would say save, 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 um, whatever, you know, extra income you have um, or extra, you know, money you have, um, you know, my, my thought on it is to invest because, and, and it works for me because, um, you know, with any extra capital, the whole thought process around it is putting your money to work. So we all, you know, have different jobs, um, we, different things that we do during the nine to five. Um, but the thought with investing is putting your money to work for you. Um, creating some passive income um, to kind of ease the burden so that we don't have to actually go out and earn every dollar that we make. Um, Some of the money that we make, you know, we can make money while we're not actually physically doing labor. Um, And then also, you know, setting yourself up for retirement um, and making sure your family's good at the end of the day. Um, And I know there's tons of different ways you can invest in what talked about stocks, um, you know, real estate is something I'm doing a lot of research on. I currently only have, um, you know, me and my wife bought a house in 2020. Um, so this is the only property we have, but I would love to eventually, you know, build up a real estate for- portfolio. Um, starting a business too is another great way of building, um, you know, pat- uh, I don't want to say passive income, but, uh, but and basically investing, investing in yourself. So I would say whatever it is, whatever your hustle is, you know, you definitely want to invest in yourself. Um, you know, for me, it works. Investing works because, um, you know, with a little bit of extra money I'm able to make, I'm able to, you know, put that money in the market, whether it's a, a mutual fund or a stock. Um, and then time, you know, over time, you kind of see the money working for you for the most part. Um, so that's that's my take on it is um, investing in yourself. I think that's the most important thing any of us can can do is just really, um, you know, put 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 our money to work so that we're not in this rat race. You know, how many of us have seen um, our families work, you know, work until, you know, you're dead. You know, you don't want to, what kind of life is that? You don't want to be working until you're, you know, 70, 80. 
Um, it's really important. I think in retirement is really, really important. I think it's important to look ahead for the future. Um, and that's really all where, where this idea of investing comes from is just trying to think about the future instead of just, you know, going out and buying a pair of Jordans or, or whether it's, you know, the latest drip or going out and buying some Palm Angels that I'm going to get this satisfaction right now, instead of using that hundred dollars or $150, you know, for going out and getting this immediate, uh, pleasure, you know, I'll take that money, take that hundred dollars and throw it into a company. Like instead of, you know, let's say for the Jordan example, because I was a big, I was a big shoe head when I was a kid. Um, instead of buying Jordans, if I would have taken all of that money that I used to buy Jordans and bought it in Nike stock back then, I would have, you know, money well over. If you look at Nike stock from where it was in, let's say 2000 to where it is now, it's grown substantially. And that's also a company that pays dividends. So, I look at it as well, if I would have, you know, put some money in Nike stock um, and then created that dividend, I would have a lot more, I would, I would have a lot more worth. My net worth would be a lot higher today as opposed to, you know, these Jordans, which, and I know Corey's looking at me crazy because Jordans do have uh, some value now that those are some assets don't, that don't actually um, depreciate, you know, over time some of those shoes are really, really wearing. So you can make money off that. But I was just giving that as an example, whatever it is, you know, whether it's clothing or going out and buying bottles in the club or, you know, whatever the, whatever the case may be, um, instead of going out and wasting our money, putting our money to work for us. And I think that's, that's the most important thing, um, you know, when it comes to investing, it's just putting our money to work. Damn, great information, man. I got to ask you this. Like I said, this brother not even 35 yet. Y'all hear these jewels? This brother's dropping. How many people y'all know under 35 on this level right now? So while I have you on, man, Robert, I want to know, what age do you plan on retiring? And when you retire, how much money do you want to have in your portfolio? Man, that's a great question. Uh, man, if, I, if it could be up to me, I would retire at 40. Uh, I'm not on track to do that uh, just right now because I'm not investing at that great of a pace. I'd have to put a lot more money into it. But, um, you know, the, the, the amount is different for, from everybody. It really, it, is. it really is. It depends on what type of lifestyle you want to have. It depends on how many trips you're going to be taking a year. Um, you know, if you plan on traveling outside of the country, what are you going to eat for dinner? Are you going to be going out to eat every night? Those are all things you have to take into consideration, um, you know, when it comes to retirement. Um, but I tell you, it's a lot. That number is a lot. Um, you know, depending on your, your financial situation, it will change. But most people, I would say you at least, at least needed 1.5 million to retire and live comfortably. Now, that was the number that was quoted to me, um, you know, back in 2011 with inflation and everything that has changed um, and how much the dollar is worth today, that number could, could easily change. You know, I'd have to ask a financial advisor um, exactly. Um, but, but, you know, those are the type of things that we have to start thinking about now. Um, and I really wish, you know, I would have started investing when I was, you know, 19 because the power of compounding over time is just crazy. You know, the more money you put the, the earlier you start over time, that is the real key. You know, time is the is the is your best friend because over time that money starts compounding with growth. And so, if you start earlier, you don't have to put as much money. Like, let's say I'm 33 right now. The amount that I have to put in every month right now to retire at the age that I want with the type of lifestyle that I want is very much is a lot more than it would be if I had started when I was say 19. 
And so those are just all things that, you know, that I'm thinking about and I'm trying to, I'm trying to grow with. And that's kind of why I'm, I'm so, so heavy on the investing and, and trying to, you know, build, do some side hustles and, and build some wealth. Yeah. When I say this brother's heavy on investing, I'm talking to the random hours. He hit me up. Hey, what you bought? You bought anything today? Hey, I just bought XYZ. Send me a screenshot. And I might have to send one back and let him know I bought something too. So I'm just saying this brother, when I say he's locked in, I'm talking, I could wake up nine in the morning. He done sent me something. This Ford, I'm like, bro, I'm on a shoot right now. He's sending me something. This 11 at night, I'm asleep. Wake up the next morning and I see that. So I just want to, you know, give you your big ups, bro, because I don't see brothers your age really that locked in. They might be locked into a couple hype stocks, but they're not really locked in to their overall portfolio. And I want to salute you on that, brother. I appreciate that. And I appreciate you, Corey, you know, for having this forum whether it's, you know, we're talking about stocks or, or real estate or mental health, whatever the case may be, I think it's so critical, um, you know, for black men and black women um, just to have these conversations, um, you know, and, and be able to give back and, and teach the youth and, and go out and, and, and do it to kids and stuff. Because, you know, I, I feel like a lot of this stuff, as far as the finance, I've just really started, really, really started locking in in the past five years or so. Um, you know, I had a, a general overall understanding of it. Uh, you know, I would say I have a decent education, college educated, but you know, there's a lot of a lot of brothers that just don't have the information or they don't seek the information. Um, and I think it's it's really important that we come together as a community to build each other up, um, help help any way we can, um, share jewels. You know, and I appreciate you know, like you say with the text and stuff. I appreciate you just having somebody to talk to. Um, about stuff like that, because it's important. You know, it's important. None of us want to get to to the age of retirement and, and say, dang, we got to go work at Walmart and be a greeter because we don't have enough to retire. Or, you know, we get in a tight, you know, car breaks down, we can't afford to do it. Um, you know, or getting a bunch of credit card debt um, or whatever the case may be. Um, so, you know, like I said, salute to you, man. And salute to everybody on the call for, you know, for taking time to, to talk and, and talk about these issues. Robert, I want to transition this conversation real quick because um, I told you, man, I woke up and Kayla, man, on some real stuff, bro. I was just getting back from covering the House and the Senate Florida session. I was just yeah. getting back feeling a little, I'm not going to say upset. I'm going to just say what they say. I, I was feeling a little unfriendly when I got back. You know, it was uh, 28 bills <laughs> shot down. The only two bills passed from the chairman of the house and senate so but you know you kind of alarmed me you know i turned my alarm off and i wake up to a text message fellas i'm gonna read what it said he said what's the point of generational wealth if my kid can get shot in school so kalali you sent me that i would like for you to elaborate on that and robert brown i would like some commentary so no it was just like we talked about generational wealth on here and you know, that's oftentimes what me and you talk about. I mean, me and you, we go back a long time. So we, we talk about all kinds of different issues. So that's just the way I was feeling, given, you know, the shootings that happened in the schools, not only the shooting that happened in school, but the shooting that happened in the grocery, uh, uh, grocery, mar uh, grocery center up in, uh, or the shopping center up in, uh, up in Buffalo, where it's like, you know, we're talking about uh, accumulating this wealth. And it's like, at the same time, we're living in a society where they're taking our children away or they're taking our family members away because of, you know, the proliferation of guns, because of the proliferation of gun violence. And so 
like even coming up here today, like we talked before this, I was just like, man, you know, I don't even know if I feel like talking about generational wealth right now when, when the society is so violent. So it's just like, you know, but I always come back to, you know, and I've said it on this podcast before, I always come back to, it's good for us to accumulate money. It's good for us to accumulate wealth. But we also got to focus on like what we're doing with that wealth outside of just stacking it so that we can live our, out our greatest, you know, our greatest dreams. We got to do something with that wealth in order to impact the communities. And I will take my hats off to to a lot of people who, you know, a lot of us who are in this um in this forum right now because we actually do things in our communities to try to make it better. But it's just like it's just like man, that's what that's what's heavy on my mind right now is like how can we how can we utilize you know, the economic power we have to make cultural and political changes that will actually make it safer for us to continue to prosper, to continue to prosper over the next generation. So, I mean, that's just basically where I'm at right now. Um, if, yeah, if anybody wants to comment on that, they can. I would like the guest speaker to comment first. Yeah, no, I feel that. I feel that. Thank you. You know, thank you for bringing up that point. Um, you know, I can, I can talk from my perspective, you know, working in news, um, when we see these tragedies, it's tough. You know, it's tough. Uh, you know, we have a job to do. Uh, and we go out and, and we cover stories to the best of our ability. Um, and we try to be unbiased with it. But I think with the shootings, you know, especially the one in Buffalo and then especially the one that happened in Valde, Texas, uh, at the school, um, the, the first feeling was kind of like, here we go again, right? I think, you know, when it happened, at least, you know, from where I was at in the newsroom, it was kind of like this, this sigh of like, oh man, not again. Um, and it's, it's sad, you know, it's sad that today these things have become normalized to a degree. Um, and the reason I say normalized is because I don't think anybody wants them to happen, but uh, there's this expectation that, you know, nothing's being done, you know, and that's, that's the frustrating part about it is that to your point, uh, Kay, is that, you know, what action, you know, what, what do we need to do to stop it? And I think that's kind of, um, you know, the feeling that I've gotten from talking to a lot of people, especially people with kids, which is like, man, you know, how do I talk to my kids about this? Or, um, you know, what, how can I protect my kids, um, you know, with, um, you know, with these issues that continue, that continue to go on um, around the nation? Um, and so you're absolutely right. You know, you're absolutely right. I mean, it, it's, it's tough. And, you know, we have to come together as a community because there are several issues, you know, facing us um, aside from wealth, right? Uh, we know that, um, you know, we, we, are, we, have, we are adversely affected um, by finances um, as opposed to our counterparts when it comes to access and resources, um, racism, you know, injustice. Um, you know, when you see different things, when you see, you know, an officer in North Carolina doing what he did, when you see George Floyd and how that played out, when you see the officer in Grand Rapids, you know, who shot and killed the guy in the back of the head, you know, these are things that we have to, you know, deal with as black men and black women. We don't always have a safe space to talk about it. So, you know, I encourage, I encourage everybody to, you know, to, to let it out, man, because I know for me personally, it's tough. It's tough going through all this stuff. You know, you're trying to live day to day. You're trying to provide for your families. You're trying to do what's right. And, and all these issues, you know, start piling up. Um, but I always try, you know, I always try to come out on the other end after I, you know, let everything out and, and 
and just try to be positive, find one positive thing about it. Um, and like the brother, I believe Eric brought up at the very beginning um, of the call, which was so powerful to me, was just, you know, look at what our ancestors have been through, you know, look how, look how much they had to go through. And that, that kind of inspires me to say, okay, if they could, you know, think about slavery and what life was like back then. And, and if they could endure that, I remember my grandfather, you know, when I was a JIT, I remember him telling me like, you know, the stories of seeing bodies hanging from trees when he was walking home from school. Like he grew up in South Georgia um, where that was crazy, you know, Jim Crow laws and, and, and just, just hate and the KKK was just out, you know, you see him out with, with, with the stuff on the heads and the, and the, and the whole outfits and stuff. And so, you know, all the lessons that he's passed on to me and, and just to tell me, you know, push it forward. That's, that's kind of, you know, my take on it is, you know, I think we as a people, we have to stay strong as tough as it is. And we have to realize that, you know, we've been through, we've been through, you know, a lot as a people um, and our ancestors were kings and queens, you know, all, you know, the, all that, all that, you know, the, the stuff that, that should be taught, I believe, um, you know, is very important. It's important to know our history and just to see, you know, how resilient we are as a people that keeps me inspired, you know, and everybody on this call that, that lets me know that like, you know, we as a people are heading in the right direction where you can get, you know, eight, nine, 10 brothers together on a Sunday afternoon when they could be out doing anything else, but, you know, they're taking their time to sit here and, and talk about, you know, issues that we're facing. That gives me hope for our community. Yeah, definitely. And keep in mind, that's eight, nine, 10 brothers that have access to be on this live, but, you know, we have thousands that listen to us on the podcast on all podcast platforms. Uh, Coach Clayton, man, you know, um, after hearing what this brother's saying, I just would love some of your input, your, some of your input, especially after hearing you, you know, on last week's show, I would love to hear some input from Coach Clayton on just what we're talking about today, brother, because, you know, you're the elder statesman up in here. That's a real nice political way of calling my ass old. You know, that you, you, you hey, did that. Hey, come on. Real suave. Well, that's that New York City in you. Oh, boy, oh, boy. You know, anytime y'all talk about financial wealth and things that you could do, I, I consistently drill home the same message, which is that you guys are starting at a much younger time than what I did. And I wish I had access or sought the information that you guys are passing now. I just think it's exemplary that you're doing that. And this, from a guy who has retired already, uh, I'm, I'm telling you, it's not what you think it is. And if you don't plan and make those sacrifices now, you will make sacrifices later. And those sacrifices that you make later can also alter your lifestyle from what you were, you were living in. And I keep trying to, to say that, that, that I can't emphasize enough uh, some of the information that y'all are passing that we have this unfortunate thing as black men, even with our health and our wealth, to think that you have enough time to get it straight and you don't have to worry about it. Well, that time does run out and it, it, when it hits you in the face, I mean, the only way I could tell you is that it's like you trying to tell your children things that they should do and they don't listen to you. And then when it hits them in the face, you just kind of shrug your shoulders. Well, people are trying to tell you. So, you know, let that, let that analogy work. You're being told, you're being warned, you know, it's better to make those sacrifices now than later. 
about our kids getting killed. That's that's an emotional thing for all of us. I listen to Zach Prescott say that he doesn't have any children because a lot of it happened in, in Texas, one of them. And he said he doesn't want to be in a position where he has to worry about his children in an environment where they're supposed to be safe in school. And he said that I don't know in this current climate if I want to have children because that's just an additional anxiety about life and death that I have no control over. And I just thought that that was, that was really deep. And the reality of it is, which is a whole nother conversation, that the, the times of the clock have been turned back and they're going back is not coming forward and they are doing what they wish to do. And we are sitting there watching it happen and thinking that it can't happen. And you're sitting there looking at it happen. And I know that a lot of you are a lot more politically acclimated than I am, but I, they were, and, and I'm not, I listened to Trump make one comment that I just thought was extremely enlightening when he said, I would not have been elected president if it wasn't for Barack Obama. Him being elected president allowed me to be elected president. And that was extremely deep. And I, and I tell you all the time, Corey, that, you know, you ask those questions with different layers to it. There's a lot of layers to that comment, a lot of layers to it. So I just encourage everybody to listen to the various speakers that you bring on. Uh, Mr. Brown, I appreciate uh, what you told people, uh, even when you put the disclaimers on it about what you do. And uh, don't hold me accountable for what I say, because that's not what I do. But this is what I'm doing. I can't tell you to do it. But I think that uh, you made your message very clear and succinct. And I think and hope that everybody's really kind of listening. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And thank you. It's, it's great. It's always great, you know, hearing insight, um, you know, from folks who have lived it and who have gone through it. Um, so like Mr. Clayton just said, you know, that 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 lets me know, you know, it's all, it's always good to get game. You know, we're never I don't think we're ever we'll ever be too big or, you know, how, however high we go. You know, me and Corey, I know we talk all the time. It's always important to listen to the people who have come before us and who are living through it and doing it. Um, and I, you know, thank you for saying that because I get value from that. You know, I get a lot of value from from hearing you say that. And I think, you know, a lot knowledge is the key and we should all, you know, continue to, to you know, to hear and, and heed um, lessons. The one thing I would say as far as politics, because I don't really speak on politics, is the one thing that we can do um, to make change is to vote. That's it. Just get out and vote. That's the most important thing. I was just so discouraged in the you know, in the past election when I had friends saying, oh, well, I don't like either candidate, so I'm not going to vote. I'm like, no, you know, when, you, when you're not voting, that is a vote. Because basically, you know, when you're saying you're not going to vote for somebody, you are. Because that's taking a vote away from the person who could win. Um, so that would just be my message is to vote and get out and tell everybody else and, and uh, you know, all your family, friends, everybody else to get out and vote. Because that's the only way change could come. Because it is, the world is changing. You know, it's it's very, um, you know, we, we've always had these issues as black community. When you look back to, you know, like racist and we talk about Jim Crow and, you know, all the stuff that our people had to go through, um, you know, it's 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 never been a fair playing field. Right. We don't expect that. Um, but with some of the things that are passing today and all the things that are going on in the world, it's very, very important for us to be locked in as a community and strength in numbers. And we can make change. You know, we really can. I truly believe it. Yeah, I just got one, man. I think the one thing that we can do is to keep passing the knowledge on to younger people. It's like, you know, Corey got platforms like this. We can wealth the knowledge, not the old man, but the wise man. 
coach play here. And, you know, dropping those jewels on us, man. If you're Mr. Brown, he's 35, he's a little younger than us, but he's got a wealth of knowledge that's great to the table. So sometimes if we feel like we're the expert or we're not the expert, it's important just to reach back and just try to teach a younger person or older person, but particularly the youth, of, you know, this is something you can try, you know, and they can take it and run with it. I appreciate you, brother. All good stuff. And it's great, you know, hearing from you. And I've heard you comment on past episodes and stuff. So I appreciate you. You know, it's a, a lot of knowledge. You know, it's so many jewels, man. We, we got power, you know, amongst this group. Just, you know, I truly believe that we, we have power amongst us. So that's awesome. Thank you all. Uh, I agree with a lot of the stuff he was saying. Appreciate that, too. Like, that was reiteration that I'm on the right track. You know what I'm saying? A lot of the stuff you were saying, I'm trying to do myself. That let me know I'm on the right track. My background kind of hectic. That's why I haven't been trying to chime in. You see, the children over here having a good old time. But thank you for everything. Though. And of course, the kids going to have a good time. I know that grill is lit. He got the best ribs, chicken, and uh, Artie Bow ribs and up, up in Atlanta. So, Mick, you know, classic coming up. You're going to have to go on up there when, fam, you smash Tennessee State. You're going to have to go and get some of them audible ribs. And what I did want to touch on real quick before I wrap this bad boy up, you know, like I said, I was, I've been in Tallahassee the last week. I've been there Sunday night through really through Wednesday. And one thing I noticed is one thing to watch C-SPAN and you hear the bills being passed and, you know, you're watching the House and the Senate. But it's another thing to be there live in the fresh, live in the flesh, seeing the atmosphere, seeing other brothers and sisters that are representatives on the house side that are senators on the uh senate side and one thing i noticed repetitively is that okay we have these strong black senators these strong black representatives that have these bills that are going to help people for example two of the bills that i can just name off rip one bill was if you're a renter you can't go above 10 percent per year because if you have, you know, Miss Bessie May from 25th Street, who's on a fixed income, she's not going to have the extra $700 to make her rent $1,700. Then on the other side of that, um, the one bill that I was kind of in support of was where if you have a roof 15 years and under, as long as you have um, an expert come and check it out and they say, okay, your roof's 15 years old, but it's still fine. They can't um they can't deny your claim now you know i'm the small man here now if i could think of this just off rip so if i'm a roofing company and i and i want to deny you your roof is 13 years old but you know what i don't want you to pay the 15 to twenty thousand dollars on your roof you know what i can do to you i can make you tell me no i can say you know what we see you have roof damage you have hail damage you have uh missing shingles you know what i'm gonna do your roof's gonna be thirty-five thousand bucks. I'm not denying you, but guess what? You deny me. And if you don't deny me, I come up. So that's the loophole on that. Again, that law was passed um, by a Republican senator, and that law was passed by um, a Republican a representative from both the House and Senate. And, you know, coincidentally, they both were the chairman. So I'm just letting you guys know, Robert Brown talked about voting. Brothers, you need to vote. If you don't vote, we don't have representation. If we don't have representation, we can't pass bills. If we can't pass bills, guess what? You lose. So, you know, oh, I don't feel like getting up 
I can't get to the polling place. I don't have a babysitter. Get your butt there. Because at the end of the day, voting is the most fundamental thing that we can do. If we don't vote, we don't win. Yes, we have black representation in the House and Senate. But again, if those bills can't get passed, then what's the purpose of them really being there besides complaining to you and you complaining to them? But then when they go to Tallahassee, when they go to Washington, what power do they have? Put the power in your representative's hands. The only way to do that is to vote. And with that said, Robert Brown, thank you for pulling up on Black Men Sundays, bro. I appreciate you 100, bro. You killed it like I knew you would. I hope you had a good time. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you pulled up with us on Black Men Sundays, bro. Peace out, brother. Peace to you, my guy. Appreciate y'all.